Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Sarah. This is Kat. And welcome to Books and Bevies. Uh, do you have a bevy that you're drinking this episode? a nice cup of water this evening because I was finishing a paper that I had to hand in and then also was went out yesterday so the thought of drinking right now is not pleasant (laughs) what about you Um, yeah, I am supremely unwell today. I feel super sick, so I am drinking tea. And I also have soup beside me. So if I mute myself, it's probably Ooh. because I'm eating soup. What kind of soup? Um, it's chicken noodle with some uh, red pepper chili flakes that I put in to make it a little spicy. Nice. Hopefully expel the demons that are inside me right now. Do you have a reason for drinking this episode? Um, Probably finals. (laughs) That will be my answer until May. Uh, Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know. I'm just like not as stressed as I feel like I should be. And I don't know why. So I feel like I'm, you know, that... Like, I feel like I'm missing something. Like, I'm forgetting to do something because I'm so relaxed. Um, That might be the case. I will find out when I don't do something I was meant to do. But for now, chilling. Yeah, I feel like when it comes to school stuff, it's so, like, the feeling of calm is so unnerving. I feel like that's just life. (laughs) (laughs) True. Honestly. Oh, you're relaxed? No. <laughs> Can't be true. <laughs> what about you? Because you're extremely ill? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I can't tell if I'm getting sick or if I'm just burnt out. I guess we should just talk about the book. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I would like to introduce you to my favorite book in the world. If I could describe what it is like to, I don't even know. It feels like, okay, you know, when, when you're, you're in on vacation, it's a really sunny day, but not too hot. That's all gross out. You're sitting on like a little patio and you have a first sip of coffee. 
and you don't have anything to think about except for what you're going to do on your vacation day, that is what reading this book feels like constantly. It is my entire source of happiness. The first book was good. <laughs> this second book. Next level. Tested my understanding of what it was to read. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with every single word that came out of Katrina's mouth. Also, I'm going to apologize in advance. If it seems like I'm not as enthused as Katrina, it is because of my sickness or just drainedness. So, um, but the way Katrina is describing it is also how I feel. <laughs> uh, I'll have the uh, energy for the two of us. Perfect. That's all I ask. It, I can't even... I don't... It's really hard to not spoil this book. It's everything... Okay. So everything in the first book... I don't even know how to describe it. Okay, every... every Was foreshadowing. Every sentence, anything that you think is unclear or strange is explained in this second book. Not in a way that feels like it's explaining the previous book, but in a way that it just ties into the story so beautifully. And you're like, I didn't even know that I needed to know that. And here we are. Yeah. I feel like with a lot of, um, I feel like with a lot of books that are like, they come second in a series, there can be times where you're like, okay, where did this idea come from? And it's hard to like follow along. It seems like the author just kind of like picked another plot line to go with and like did their best to like get there. Get it into the story. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of felt that way with like Dance of Thieves a little bit where like it was hard. I mean, it it was still great, but like it (laughs) wasn't as tied together as these two books are. No, I, I don't think they were. I feel like a lot of a lot of books don't necessarily tie together. It's just a continuation of the story, like kind of picked up where you left off. Yeah, I feel but like the- I feel like I have a perfect way to describe this. I feel like some books feel like they were meant to be a standalone book and then the author saw how popular it was, so they decided to do a second book and then make it a series or whatever. But this book feels like it has, like this series feels like it had the intention to be a series and every single thing was planned within these books. It's not like they, the authors saw how good A Court of Thorns and Roses did and then decided to do a second book. She wrote A Court of Thorns and Roses with the second book in mind. And the third book, honestly. And the third book. Oh, um, I, I will say also... In this series, it's kind of an increasing slope of spiciness. So this one's slightly more so than A Court of Thorns and Rose. I don't even think we told, said what the book was called. It's called A Court of Mist and Fury. I don't think we did either, but you know what? That's okay. <laughs> I'm like, I love this book. What book is it? Who knows? Yeah. My bad. But um, yeah, so it... it it does get increasingly explicit in some terms. <laughs> um, I think is the best way to phrase that. Yeah, I think I would um, rate this one four out of five spicy. 
like it wasn't for the whole book it's it's contained it's yeah it's contained um like a jalapeno (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) like a mild salsa well no because the last one was a salsa okay you can have a spicy salsa then i think a medium salsa i also (laughs) will say that as someone who like doesn't erotica is not my go-to genre in the slightest i am not really a fan of spicy books um i find it takes me out of the story i like things that are like i think we talked about it with other books how like you know it's about to get spicy but then it's like the chapter ends and you can be like oh they're gonna fuck and then but you don't get like the details um but I didn't, I didn't hate it in this book because I was so invested in the story. I, yeah. This book is what We Were Liars was supposed to be when it comes to a fucking plot twist, dude. And that is all Plot twist say. and character development is so, so good. What is your overall rating? Hmm. <laughs> this book. <laughs> This fucking book. Here's the thing. This book had, I literally, like, I can't put it down. And, like, I didn't pick it up for a while after reading the first book because I knew it was going to be taking a lot of time out of my daily life. And it was to the point where I brought the book to work and was, like, reading in the truck as we were driving from site to site. Like, this is this is the book that... um Sarah and I were trying to read it relatively at the same time the first time we read it and I was like I'm on chapter 49 you need to catch up and she texted me something like I'm on chapter 15 like wait and text me a solid three hours or like two hours or something later and she's like you may continue (laughs) it was read quickly it's not a short book either yeah, it's like, I think it's like 69 chapters. <laughs> Is it? I think so. Let me, let me check <laughs> myself. <laughs> it's worse that you made the joke if you're not right. No, it is. It is. <laughs> okay. And it's 624 pages. And I read this book for the second time. I also read this book in like two days. But yes, anyways, so for this book, I am going to have to say that it breaks our rankings by like a lot because there are books that I have rated 10 out of 10 that are like I would have to change all of my rankings before this book because it was so good I think I'm gonna rate this book like a 15 out of 10 I would have to very strongly agree considering I stated that this book was the entire source of my happiness um I honestly like it's sad to say but I haven't really felt happiness in a long time until rereading these books (laughs) I honestly I forgot also because like sometimes you just read books and you're like you know what that was a that was a good book it was fine continue on this one wasn't like that 
It was, <laughs> this was genuine happiness. The other thing about this book too is I could reread just this book forever. Like I don't need even the rest of the series, just this one book. I feel like it's going to be something that I reread over and over again. It, it This book contains my favorite fictional characters in like the universe of fictional characters. Yeah. And I haven't felt ever. I think we were talking before about how like this book broke a long ass reading slump for us. Yeah. Neither of us were. Well, I I don't want to like speak for you, but like, I think for me, at least it was like a solid year or so, maybe even longer that I was just, I did not read. I didn't really care to read. I wasn't, I don't know what it was. And then I know you were saying too, yeah, you hadn't been reading for a while and then picked up this series and I have not stopped reading since. Yeah, because I think we, because I got you the first book for your birthday. Yeah. And then I... Literally the best birthday present ever. (laughs) You gave me happiness. Get your shit together first. (laughs) You gave me actual happiness for my birthday. <laughs> um, and then we finished it at, like early August together. Because it was when I visited that I finished the last book. Oh, that's true. And these aren't short books. And there was like time where we were waiting for them to get delivered because the pandemic was still a thing. So like grocery stores were still closed. I remember I made, I had finished the I forget which one in the series and I made Jared drive me to several bookstores in Ottawa in the search for the next book because they didn't have it and I didn't want to order it online because I wanted it right then anyways yeah so 15 out of 10 an absolute I, I also will um just have the caveat that this is definitely an emotional rating for us. Um, that's all I have to it's, say. It's an emotional rating, yes. However, I just think like the carry through from the first book to the second book is so clever that even if it wasn't an emotional rating, like it's smart. Anyways. But yeah, just before we get into the spoilers, I would like to um, say that our previous episode was intentionally done on April 1st. It was April Fool's Day, um, because like we said, everything changes in the second book. And if you haven't read the first book, fucking Jesus Christ, do not listen to this episode. (laughs) No, yeah, we will ruin everything for you. It was this the beginning part of this book transitioning from the first book was so good this this was the entirety of my confusion was like the first several chapters of this book um basically Farah is gonna marry Tamlin at this point and she is being so mean to him mm-hmm And for the life, I very specifically remember texting Sarah being like, oh my God, why is she so mean? Like, 
She just saved everyone. She has food. Her family is safe. I was like, she I has not- the man of her dreams. Yeah, she has everything she wanted. And I was like, why is she being so mean to Tamlin? Didn't get it. Didn't appreciate it. However, yeah, I remember I think we that's both. That's what I said. <laughs> yeah, I remember we both fucking hated Farah for the first like portion of this book. Actually, I hated Farah for like a large portion of the book because like initially I was upset at her for treating Tamlin the way that she did. And then I was mad at her for treating Reese the way that she did. And I was like, fucking get it together and fall in love with him. There's one specific part in this book where I know we were both furious, but we'll get to that shortly. Um, So Reese calls in his bet. Not a bet, a a deal, a bargain. Bargain. There it is. I was looking for the right word. On Feyre's wedding day with Tamlin, he steals her away, takes him back to his beautiful home, which is not the court of nightmares. However, (laughs) it's an entire city that he protected throughout the whole book and let everyone think that he was a monster in order to keep his entire city saved and he he dealt with so much it was so good so basically you find out he's a wonderful person and sacrificed everything for the good of others and if that doesn't rip your heart out I do not know what will and then at that point I was like okay Farah is now not not good enough for Reese. Mm-hmm. However, she did I also am. save the entire world. So, you know, maybe she is good enough for Reese. I am. Um, yeah. Another thing. Definitely way better than Tamlin. So, <laughs> yes. Um, one of the things that I really liked about the book, and I talked to my friend Tesla, who recommended this book to me about it, is it is an incredible written representation of PTSD. Like, it was so well done I was annoyed with her but like I understood that like she had suffered a lot of trauma and like couldn't see the color red like it made sense I just want in the beginning I just wanted her to marry Tamlin so bad I know I feel like my because I liked Tamlin so much in the first book I was blinded (laughs) And just wanted them to be together. However, <laughs> it makes sense um, that they were not because, wait, no, actually, no, <laughs> I don't even know where to go. <laughs> it's, it's, too much excitement is happening. My brain's not working properly. Um, but yeah, this book was, a, it started at a low for me with Feyre. I was not appreciating her treatment of Tamlin. However, as you go through the story, there's a lot of information and you're like, okay, I get it. I get why she's doing what she's doing. It makes sense. I feel very bad for what she went through. And I don't care what she did to Tamlin because he's terrible. (laughs) And that's when I like Feyre again. I will say, now that we're into the spoilers, I don't, like, there is something about a explicit scene that just, I don't, I can't, 
like I didn't I don't think I minded it as much when I read it for the first time but like the sex scene between Feyre and Tamlin I found it incredibly uncomfortable reading it the second time and I feel like that's because I already knew all of the things I just don't like how animalistic he is it's just like (laughs) a bit much agreed also side note just like while we're talking about the animal things i really 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 blocked out reese's feet the first time (laughs) it genuinely ruined it a little bit for me like i was imagining a person with wings not a creature (laughs) with like a human face it it just takes away from like the I don't even know like the powerful human vibe that I was getting from Reese and turned it into a powerful bat. <laughs> like, is that my favorite character ever? Is a bat? <laughs> no. Made me choke on my soup <laughs> like the feet the feet thing was unnecessary i didn't need to know that his feet changed too it does not add to the story ever i could have lived without it like whose kink is that why a, people like feet so i guess people would like <laughs> feet. i think there's a different like even there's a difference between feet and like talons <laughs> Your talons is a different, that's a different ballgame. Because then if you like talons on a person, then like how far does that go to like you look at like a falcon or something and you're like, nice. There has to be a line somewhere. And I oh, think I'm too the line. unwell to be discussing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I think just the very fact that we're talking about this um, shows that we are unwell. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's true. <laughs> very strong, I guess, but... <laughs> to each their own. Um, yeah, we, we're not here to judge. Uh, I was so sad in the beginning with Lucian and Farah, you could just see that their friendship was not holding on. And it like it, I understand that obviously Lucian could have done something. However, like Tamlin is Tamlin. Yeah. He's not very nice and like was very formalistic in his court and just I felt so bad. I just wanted them to be friends. You knew Farah needed a friend too. And like Lucian wanted to be her friend, but was just like basically afraid of Tamlin to do anything. Yeah. I feel like it's like not super, f- like, I think it's fair to be upset with Lucian, but like at the same time, he was kind of just like doing his job. So it's like not, and like he did try. Like, it's like, I feel like, a lot 
I've seen like a lot of people on book talk kind of not like Lucian because of this book but like he did try within reason and at the end of the day like he was doing his job and he has seen like a really dark side to Tamlin so like yeah, I can kind of like being Tamlin's uh emissary yeah yeah for like how many hundreds of years like this is not a new job like there are rules ingrained into Lucian so I feel like it's unfair to be like okay yes you've done that for your like very long portion of your life immediately change yeah for a bit of a harsh expectation on Lucian I think yeah and like he did fucking try and he wasn't like I don't know I just don't appreciate the Lucian slander I love him um I do agree that I didn't enjoy some of the roles he played in this book because I mean obviously also I wanted him to play a larger part in the book because I really loved him when we read the first book so it was also very upsetting that he wasn't a part of this book as much as I wanted him to be and then when he was a part of this book he like was kind of portrayed not well no he wasn't like a good character in this book by any means so yeah, I knew you were sad about it. You loved Lucian so I much. I love him so much. Not as much as Reese, but um, no one can love anyone more than Reese. Yeah, that's that's the rule for this <laughs> book. I don't, I don't know. Don't know what to tell you. Imagine if in one of these books he becomes like a villain, like really bad. That would be devastating. That would be a plot twist. I will also say that even when I read the first book for the first time, I didn't hate Reese. I think I kind of touched on this like a little bit during the last episode, but Reese wasn't like a full on villain to me. He gives me like a Damon vibes from Vampire Diaries. Yeah. Who doesn't love Damon? It's true also you know the teeth or the tith the tithe the tithe sure i really don't know how to sound out words very well um yes the tithe i did find very slight issue with this scenario because i know the whole point there's a like a comparison where Reese and his court don't do the tithe. Tamlin does. And it's like archaic and mean. And that's kind of the idea. And that's how it's read in the book. However, in, in maybe I just misread this, but my understanding was in the spring court, they don't collect taxes. It's just the yearly teeth or tithe. And then in Reese's court, they collect taxes always. So I'm like, yes, I understand that it's like an older way to do it. It seems archaic. However, it's exactly the same concept as taxes, just not constant. Is it, uh, was I wrong? No, I, I agree with you 100%. 
I thought that was so weird because they were like, oh yeah, it's just so archaic doing this. And I'm like, that is what taxes is. Yeah. The same concept. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get it, but. I didn't love that. I felt like that was an unnecessary, like demonizing of Tamlin being like, look how terrible he does it. Like, what? he runs a court. Obviously people have to pay. Like that's, yeah. that's the entire point of a public system. Yeah, I will say I did kind of enjoy that. Um, I'm not sure if you noticed this, but I noticed that throughout the book, uh, even though Tamlin isn't portrayed in like the best light, he's never really explicitly po- portrayed as a villain. Um, yeah, I feel like he's just doing everything. I don't want to say for the right reasons. But he's doing everything for what he thinks are the right reasons. Yeah, he's not like explicitly doing things to be a villain. Yeah. He's just kind of like a sad fuckboy with anger issues. And this is why we don't like him. Yeah. But he's not like the King of Highburn, where like he's a psychopath who I hate deeply with my entire soul. Yeah, like it's a different kind of villain and like there is a part of me that does feel bad for Tamlin just because like you know like he was trying and in his mind Farah like did love him like he didn't know he didn't know about Valeris like he did he truly believed that Reese was taking her to the court of nightmares to be tortured like yeah and then like Reese steals her away she leaves a note saying she's never coming back I would also be like I'm sorry what yeah like I don't I don't love his actions but like I can see where his actions come from yeah because like in his mind he was just protecting his bride and trying to win back his bride and trying to like you know It he was sh- stupid and shitty, but like the stupid is still in there. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's not fully shitty. It's a lot of stupid. Yeah, it's a lot <laughs> of stupid, and a lot of like you should trust the people around you, namely Lucian. I also loved. This is like a weird note that I have, but like Pharaoh was so excited about the bath when she got to the night court. And I really loved that trope because she spent like a good couple paragraphs just des- describing the bathtub. And I, I relate to that and I empathize with that. I was, I was also surprised, not about the bathtub in like particular, but when you basically get like a tour of this safe haven that Reese has kept I was shocked it was everything so everything evil that he does or is known for is because he's trying to keep the city a secret yep. to protect the people he loves <laughs> and he sacrificed so much that's everything and like it literally it meant that did make me hate Tamlin like a little bit more when Tamlin literally sacrificed 
very little. And, like, and then hated Reese. And I'm like, okay, sir, you don't understand. <laughs> but I just feel like Tamlin did very little in the first book to break the curse. Yeah, it was not. He didn't do anything. He didn't even send out sentries until like months before the curse was supposed to be broken. Like, excuse me, sir, get your shit together. Everyone will die. Yeah, it's either everyone or a few. See, this is what I mean by the greater good was not considered in this book at all. Like, no one has that concept. Also, I think my favorite trope in this entire book was Reese making sure that Farah had eaten enough. And it, again, it was something I did not notice the first time reading it, but he, like, throughout the entire book like is genuinely trying to care for her then also trying to make it not seem like their mates like it's a fine line that he's dancing but when God, he does it well genuinely angry that she came back looking like thinner and just not good he was mad who doesn't that i also loved that trope I love him and I just know that I will never find him in real life and that deeply upsets me. I would, I feel like this book has ruined men for me because like I would even take Tamlin over a real life human man. (laughs) Like, are you joking? Very. I'm going to change my hinge bio to just looking for my high fae male. Mate. See if they get it though. It's true. Um. Oh, I also like a slight contrast from when Tamlin was teaching Feyre how to read. Well, I guess n- not really because she wouldn't let him. To when Reese is teaching Feyre how to read in this book, I love because he's just making her write sentences about like how attractive he is. I know. I need to make an enemy really fast. I, I've thought of that. But like, if I make an enemy so like a really a strong enemy that they hate me, I don't know if I could come back. I don't ha- I don't think I have enough charm to win them back over. <laughs> so I think it would go one way and then fail. I think I could and maybe that's really egotistical of me but I think I could you go enemies to lovers I just go enemies <laughs> I feel like you're also too stubborn where you would not like you would not break the enemies no you're like, like if you're no my one. enemy you're my enemy forever <laughs> absolutely forever also freaking I hate you a little bit because this book, I didn't notice it the first time I read this series, but ever since you pointed out that people are just always as still as death, I see it's, it's like an actual issue with this book. There has to be another description. Just still still as anything else. Literally just say still. Yeah, he was still. Say he wasn't moving. He was barely breathing. 
that works. This is also one of these books because of all the describing words and like, like a flash of emotion went across his face or like his teeth bared, things like that. I like knowing that this is going to turn into a TV show. I can't help but wonder how that <laughs> like. Also, just like on the brand of uh, people standing still as death and whatever, the amount of like quote unquote filthy gestures that get like thrown around. I hate. (laughs) Or like a vulgar gesture. Is there only one? Like (laughs) what else is there? Also just like say that she flipped him off or something like. Or just like go for a different thing. Yeah, like, come on, dude. Sarah J. Mass, get it together. Yeah, I may have rated your book a 15 out of 10. However, (laughs) I have some criticisms. (laughs) I mean, I think that just goes to show how good the plot of this book is. Like, it's not a perfect book, but it is a 15 out of 10. (laughs) Yeah. Also, the plot twist of a war coming, or I guess not really like a plot twist, but just like a when you realize that Amarantha was like just the beginning, like that was just for some fun for Hybron. That was terrifying, but also I was excited because I was like, okay, that means the story continues. If there's a war, it's not over yet. You know how much I love war. <laughs> war and whimsy. It's a very whimsical uh, concept to me. I mean, it's this book is fucking amazing. Anyways. Ugh, just like the amount of, I'm like flipping through my notes and a lot of it is Rice and Reese quotes. And I just like, I can't handle it. Like I just, I yell at my book as I read. Because it's so good. I also, however, I, I found a specific part of this book where I have one specific issue with Farah that she does not consider other people's point of view. She's very in her own world and just judges other people specifically. When she sees Valeris for the first time. And then well, yeah, and then she gets mad at Reese. Yeah, she's like, yes, how lucky for you. The rest of the Prithian was ravaged while like your people were saved. And I was like, how dare you? <laughs> like <laughs> he sacrificed everything. And she's like, so you couldn't have done more? Literally. That was the also the rest of the territories are not his responsibility. He's not the leader of the world, he's a leader of the night court or high lord, and he sacrificed so fucking much. Like, are you joking? Detested that sentence. I was like, How, like, that was such a selfish, like, way to think, being like, Oh, yes, you helped some people, why don't you help them all? Literally, like, fuck you. Yeah. Just because you saved everyone. (laughs) So clearly at this point, we already liked Reese, so everything negative was not going well. (laughs) 
Yeah, to be fair, I never hated Reese to begin with. So then as soon as he like ugh, started caring for Feyre and was all like snarky and I think that's that's why people like Rysand is the it's the banter. Yeah. Like who doesn't love it? like if Feyre said anything like that to uh Tamlin, you'd be like, what? <laughs> like there would be no banter yeah he would be he like oh i'm so it. sorry or it's just the way things are done like yeah but i like that reese is like a dick a little bit but mm-hmm. in a fun way you know yeah I agree. there's a line you can be a dick and it's fun and you can be too much of a dick and then it's just rude yeah i constantly cross that line <laughs> yes you do. <laughs> no, i'm just kidding well <laughs> When Cassian made that promise to Nesta that he's like, I will protect you. And then she was getting dragged into the cauldron and his like wings were shredded and he was like crawling to her. Also, when uh when Elaine came out of the cauldron, turns out Lucian is her mate. I almost dropped my book. I was like, no way. I know. I I really like Elaine's character. I also feel like Feyre just like. I don't know I think a large part of why I like this series and these books so much is because there's we've talked about it before there's really never a lull in the plot it's literally just like one thing to the next but they all get tied together and like tied up without it being weird I very much this is like the big problem that I think we both had with uh Dance of Thieves or Vow of Thieves. No, not neither one of those. The the next books we read. Crows, Six of Crows. But the second one, which I don't remember. There's too many books. The second book after Six of Crows. Crooked Kingdom. Crooked Kingdom. Um yeah, the problem I had with Crooked Kingdom is there were separate storylines that didn't really blend together, so they didn't feel like a group. It was like a forced group that had fully different stories, but I feel like this book did a really good job because, like, even though, like, yeah, Elaine and Lucian, Feyre and Reese, more Cassian and Asriel, Cassian and Nessa, like, they all had different storylines. However, they blended together so well that I didn't feel like I was reading different storylines. I felt like I was reading a friend group that happened to have their own stories, you know? I also would just like to talk about how much I love Asriel and Cassian. I love Cassian. <laughs> like he is. <laughs> he honestly might be my favorite. I <laughs> love some of the things he says he's a good one i'm a big fan of asriel something about a guy who torches mother tortures motherfuckers just does it it's good war whimsy torture all right (laughs) good to know what you like sarah yep i yeah i just like i love the inner circles dynamic so much 
And I also love that Reese like really just doesn't give a fuck about what other people think. And it's like really shown in this book and they even describe it like the fact that a woman is his second and the fact that- And third. Yeah, and third. And there's two bastards that are his warriors. Like, I think the the informality of Reese, despite having the most power of any of the High Lords, I think is- what makes everyone like him so much but also to be fair if you are the most powerful high lord in the world you could probably do what you want to like if he was the bottom of the barrel high lord i feel like things like that would be harder to achieve so yeah cool that he does it but also he does have the means to do it yeah i also am a big fan of tarquin who we met in this book the high lord of the summer court I mean, he just wanted to be friends he was so good he was so pure and i like i did like the dilemma that Feyre had during those parts in the book because i was also like don't betray him he's so nice like it was hard to read knowing that they were going to betray him and he was yeah. just just being young When um, Reese and Feyre were, I don't know, going some somewhere, and Lucian found her in the forest. <laughs> that was terrible for me I, to read. I was so sad. It, yeah, it just like sucks because Lucian like is like a textbook example of someone who like has like a rank of power but doesn't actually have power you know what I mean like he's just trying to follow orders and do his job and I don't know I just feel like it's not his fault he's brainwashed you know granted I am team Lucian so I love him I just feel like Feyre shouldn't have been so mean to him. It's another time. Feyre's just kind of a bitch. <laughs> to everyone. <laughs> she doesn't deserve Reese. I, uh... Another slight issue I have with the comparison of Yeah, it's definitely this book. Um, Feyre obviously always compares Tamlin and Reese, And at one point he's like, don't you dare do that. And I was like, stand up for yourself. Love that. However, there's just like the type. Um... There's a part in the book where basically there's like, what would you have done if they grabbed me? Like talking about like Lucy and then, and then, and then Reese is like, I would have torn the world apart to get you back. And her reaction to that is like, oh, wow. Love that. Like, oh, however, 
arguably Tamlin does the same thing. True. He does technically ruin the world. And I feel like that's a bit unfair being like, oh, well, if Reese did it, would love that. Tamlin, how dare you? Inconsiderate. You did not think about it. I'm like, okay. Like, yes, Tamlin, terrible, very dumb. No one likes you. However, just because Reese is my favorite character ever does not translate well to just being like okay well if you did it that's cool yeah and also like Feyre at this point doesn't know that they're mates like no one knows that they're mates Tamlin doesn't know like it's not fair to have these like assumptions and have these like reactions when like no one knows Feyre doesn't even know just because the reader can guess like yeah but you know I, I didn't actually guess I didn't guess that they were mates the first time I read it I feel like it was a bit of a plot twist for me it was fully a plot twist for because that's that's the thing from the last book where we really wanted to know why Reese stumbles it's that it the, the mating bond snapped in place at the end of the last book and obviously we had, favorite doesn't know and we also had no idea. Again, I, it's one of those things where the author does so good of like, she talks about the mating bond, like very little, like it's there so that and, we know what it is when we find out, but we don't. And you realize, I think like reading the second time, at least I'm like, oh, you're giving us hints. <laughs> I did not get it. <laughs> Honestly, same. That's what this entire series is, I think. It's just making me realize how unobservant I am when I read. Fair enough, fair enough. Oh, uh, when it was chapter 48, the, uh, when, uh, this is like the, I mean, I guess it's like the first, uh, spicy scene with Reese. Um, I love a good one bed trope. And he's when like, I asked enough. for two, and I'm like, oh, we gotta share a bed. <laughs> I also, like, I understand that Pharaoh was going to get married. I get that. I get feeling bad. However, the amount of, like, self-loathing that she had for not liking Tamlin anymore it was very weird to me I was like he was blatantly mean like yeah, he locked you in the house to like work past that I just like you're allowed to have a crush on someone else so it seemed strange to me being like how dare I like someone else yeah especially after the wedding has been like essentially broken off like I know not necessarily officially but like yeah. she sent him a note. I don't know. Said I was never coming back ever. Okay, so like, are you not allowed to date? <laughs> that seemed. I felt like obviously I get it. I get it. However, I feel like it was more for the story, like plot of being like, oh, I can't like you. Yeah. And that's why it had to be that way. However, I didn't really agree with the plot. 
also i like the um the freaking oh no actually we're gonna backtrack from that thought that i was about to say you know what i thought was so stupid you know what my like main issue with favor was in this book the fact her fucking reaction to finding out that they were mates are you joking are you fucked we did talk about this right afterwards so i was so mad because reese's fear which he has side note slightly backtrack i love the truth for a truth thing that they do i feel like it's a very cute way to like be able to open up to each other besides that point reese's thing one of his truths is that he is afraid that anyone that gets to know the real him will run away what what does Reese do? He opens up to Farah, tells her the truth. What does she do? Run away. <laughs> I was going to lose my mind. Also, like, she clearly had a crush on him. Like, this whole time. Like, this has been established. He, they got a little frisky already. Like, yeah, like, she, like, doesn't that make you feel better? Being like, oh, I wanted him. My feelings are, like, valid. Like, yeah, there's a reason. I just it makes no sense to me if I found out that I was Reese's mate I would be like holy shit this is the best day of my life like also for the life of me when so basically like right after she like throws him on the dirt when he's injured uh, yeah like how rude after he like threw you away to save you like threw you across the forest so that you wouldn't die from poison ash arrows are you joking yeah and then she like gets more to take her to that uh cabin but what i thought was funny is when she gets bored and then starts painting i was like that's a bit rude isn't I it know, <laughs> i was, I was like, gonna you, say that this was like the point i was gonna talk about and then i realized we should backtrack and talk about like reese and farah's <laughs> yeah like you go to someone's house and you paint everything like don't like the do level that. of disrespect <laughs> just because he's rich it doesn't mean you get to like paint his home with weird things also for the life of me i know i know pharaoh is good at painting that's a thing however when i imagined her painting things on every surface of the house i imagined how i would paint them so it was the funniest like image in my mind of just terrible terrible artwork ruining this house i know i was kind of thinking the same thing i also think like paint on a fucking find a piece of paper paint on that like yeah like don't i I just thought it was unnecessary i was like why would you do that yeah like i don't get it i don't get it however that did lead to my favorite monologue ever Reese when yeah when Reese appears and Fair is basically like all right explain everything and we'll see like we'll see if I accept this mating bond or whatever and so Reese goes launches in to a monologue explaining everything things that I didn't even know needed to be explained starting with what something from like oh my god i think like the very beginning of the first book 
where she was saying that like she paints little doodles on the dresser um something for elaine something for nesta and for herself she painted the night sky and stars yep and that's that's reese and he could see what it was it was beautiful um however the most important part of this monologue was the my favorite line from the previous book which i could not mention but when you when you know you know it's there you are i've been looking for you when he saves her from the fairies um on fire festival night it's because he was looking for his mate this whole time and that's what he meant by there you are i found you because he was looking for her in like a a beautiful way not in a creepy way and i loved it (laughs) i know because he like could smell her and he was like confused and so he like looked for her yeah because like it, he, it wasn't like a strong bond because she was in the human world and he was in Prithian. But as soon as she crossed over, he's like, what is up? <laughs> I, I died. That, that monologue was the best explanation. And it's such a good way to make like the story make sense, like have someone have a monologue. So it's a really easy way to be like, this is what happened. Which brings us to getting sweaty because I got too excited (laughs) (laughs) that monologue essentially brings us to chapter 55 which is where the mating bond snaps into place and a lot of people if you're a if you're a fan of the spicy books you will love chapter 55 it's a very popular chapter among the spicy reading community And I didn't hate it, even though I don't really like spicy books. I liked it because it it was like, okay, 55 chapters in. I mean, to be fair, like the whole time, I kind of just wanted them to like kiss and hold hands and be like cute. But like I was waiting for something to happen between the two of them. You see, that's what I mean by it wasn't like, it's not too much because it's very like it's its own place in the book mm-hmm. but also it does add to the storyline so it's not like you know sometimes in books where they'll just like randomly do it and you're like okay thank yeah. you and then you're like I didn't need to read that yeah this was not one like of this those one things. like there was a lot of anticipation from the readers being like Are, can you guys anything like just please just do it could have gone without some of the very descriptive words though that's always my thing with like spicy scenes I don't like the way male genitalia is described I just I just think it's funny the way their like facial expressions are described so I know the whole point is they're like part animal or whatever but like (laughs) he's like he had an animalistic look to his eyes like how do you how do you act that out yeah I don't know I feel like I always find myself when I'm reading this book like trying to make the facial expressions (laughs) like how I imagine them and I'm like I don't know how I do that yeah I don't find it particularly arousing 
No. But I, the, the bear, his teeth is always the funniest one for me. So I'm like, how do you, how do you do that? in not like a weird way. It's like a big smile, but that doesn't seem very like aggressive. So I'm like, I mean, I'm kind of ready for like the, like when Elaine and Nesta go into the cauldron, that was some fuck shit. It, this another massive plot twist in this book when Tamlin and Lucian walked out with the king of Highburn. I know, I was like, nope. I, I thought for a second, I thought Tamlin was actually like evil, like, I thought Thanks. it was not, uh, but again, he's not evil, he's just stupid, yeah. You you can't hate them the same. Evil and stupid are different kinds of dislike. Yeah, and Tamlin did have, like, the best intentions. But yeah, I feel like that whole... I feel like Sarah J. Mass just has, like, a really good job of, like, keeping the pace up for the first three quarters of a book. But then as soon as you're in, like, that last quarter, everything just ramps up, like, full speed. And it's, like, twist after twist after twist. Yeah, I'm... I remember reading the end of this book to a horrendously late hour because I like you can't stop at a certain point in this book. You're like, well, I guess I have to read 200 more pages before I can go to bed. A hundred percent. And I feel like that was the same with um, A Court of Thorns and Rosen. Rosen. Yeah, when they were thrown into the... Actually, no. Again, slightly backtrack. When her sisters were dragged out as like the bargaining chip, I was like, again, another twist. There's a lot of twists. Yeah. It was just like every single character was brought together to do some fuck shit and play with my emotions. Yeah, that that it the book really kept you on your toes. I didn't know who was good. Yeah, I didn't know it, who was good. I didn't know who was bad. I didn't know who was stupid. Except for Feyre. We know Feyre is stupid. Uh the priestess from oh, Hamlin's court. It's straight up evil. I and it's so ups again, Sarah J. Mass just fucking doing it to us. I liked her in the first like a little bit not a lot like she was by no means like a favorite character of mine but I don't know she was just nice and I was like oh okay cool yeah and then like finding she... out that she was just like gross and evil I, feel I... Like you you knew something was not good with her because Reese explicitly disliked her Mm-hmm. anything to add these are my favorite fictional characters what I would give to be a member of the night court in Valeris not not court of night inner circle <laughs> inner I don't even have to be there I just don't want to be in like the scary part um Fair. a lot it's it's an incredible story I feel like I would get so distracted if I was in the inner circle between Reese, Cassian, and Azriel. I just don't think I could um, 
keep it in my pants <laughs> <laughs> an honest answer <laughs> but i feel like they could because like i'm not a high fae i'm not <laughs> not stunningly beautiful and then my my self-esteem would go down yeah i <laughs> <laughs> you know when they like don't even look at you like you're part of the wall that's what they would do to me and i would be like okay i would like to go home these books oh actually oh i guess i'm i mean i'm pretty much ready to go into favorite quotes and favorite character one two three who's your favorite character um no question absolutely no question he is everything good in the world yet also very dark and powerful um he's quick-witted loves good banter will kill things if he has to but like in a good way um (laughs) murder green flag in a story that's true oh and that scene where he was like having a nightmare and Farah. That actually might be my favorite scene. Same. When very powerful people have like weak moments, that's. I love him. What's the phrase that I'm thinking of? Like that's. Vulnerable? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I meant like, you know, when people are like, oh yeah, that's. My bread and butter. <laughs> That's what I was vulnerable. I was going to say that's my tea and biscuits. And I was like, I don't think that's it. That's why I hesitated. <laughs> Oops. I still think, though, that like my favorite trope that I didn't notice when I read this book the first time is the the trope that Tamlin is just really good at playing the fiddle. Like, I want that to come back in more books. Like, I want him to do more fiddling. I very much did not realize that either, but I'm glad you pointed it out because I will never forget it now. One of my favorite quotes is, uh, just because I feel like it's us a little bit, and we relate to it probably. I mean, I don't want to, like, speak for you, but when Feyre was, like, reading for the first time in like reading novels. And she says, I was burning through books every day, stories about people and places I'd never heard of. They were perhaps the only thing that kept me from teetering into upper, utter despair. And that was me with this book for the past, like couple days. <laughs> past year. <laughs> Fair. Fair enough. Oh, I don't know how we didn't talk about this, like Moore's backstory. That, oh, I did not like that. That was, I like, obviously we both love more. She's such a fucking badass and like such a likable character. And the fact that she was able to like stay kind and nice and like soft, even though she had been through so much. <sighs> yeah, that, that was sad to learn about her backstory. I think they mailed a note to her, like, excuse me, excuse me, good night, goodbye. Adios. Fuck you guys. So you know what else we forgot? How 
Alice is maybe actually the best character ever. Oh, yeah. The fact that she brought her Feyre out to let more take her and was like, keep her safe. I was like, brah. She, she's not listening to Tamlin. She actually just cares about Feyre. That was a bold move. I liked it. I love Alice. I love Alice so much. I feel like I she was still just... read it. Elias. It just doesn't, it doesn't work for me. You know, I feel like Alice is like the definition of just like, literally just does things for the greater good. Like the first book, she like helped Feyre. She helped Feyre again in the second book. Alice is just the fucking goat. No, she like left her um, nephews to like keep them safe. Like she does a lot. Like she's very selfless. Um, Also another thing that we kind of missed, but um, when we find out that like the queen wasn't sick and like the, the queen with the golden hair kind of like becomes their ally, but then dies like immediately, like that was so beyond upsetting. Because, like, she was cool. I liked her, obviously. There were a lot of shocks in this book. Um, Every time you think something's good. It's not. Someone dies. Yep. (laughs) A lot of death. A lot of death. But not of the important people, thank fucking God. I don't think I'd be able to uh, cope if, like, anyone in the inner circle died. Okay, do you have a favorite quote? Uh, Yes. And besides the very clear, I've been looking for you because that's beautiful and well thought out. That's that two books went into making that one quote. (laughs) However, my favorite one is actually you were just talking about it. Um, when Fair is talking about reading, and she's like, it. It filled my time, giving me quiet, steadfast company with those characters who did not exist and never would, but somehow made me feel less alone. I was like, that's exactly how I feel about this book. Honestly, yeah. I, I felt like it was Inception. So yeah, favorite- I just thought that was a good, a good description of what it was like to fall in love with fictional characters. Yep. Not that we've done it ever. Anyways, um, my whole my heart. My favorite quote um, is Reese, and he says, "You are my salvation, Feyre." And it's like pretty early on in the book, so like that's like some deep ass foreshadowing. But when I read that, especially the second time, I was like, "Ooh, it's because she is, and it's because you guys are mates." beautiful this book is so good and I feel bad that like we can't really get in I feel like well one I'm very unwell so I feel like it's hard for me to get excited right now even though I am um so I feel like I'm not going as in-depth as like I would like so I apologize but I feel like we did a good job covering it despite the fact that you're suffering through finals and I am suffering (laughs) suffering and the thing is, I have so much to do. Like, it's so, op- you know how you always get sick 
when you have like actually a lot on your plate like why could this not happen next weekend or last weekend like this is the weekend that I actually have so much that I should be doing I feel like sometimes I don't believe in like uh greater greater things shaping uh, life and then it's things like that where like I'll have an entire month where I have nothing planned except for like one weekend where I'm like, okay, I have to do that. You know, you'll be sick then. Like yeah. the world knows. I don't know how they know. Yeah. And I feel like if you don't like give yourself a break, your body and like the universe or whatever, it'll make you take a break, which is what I think is happening to me. Because again, like I don't really feel sick. Yeah. I think it's just your body forcing you to be like, you know what? I'm tired. Please speaking of slightly about being sick I had a dream slash nightmare the other day that I had scurvy (laughs) and I legitimately I was like oh my god I don't eat like where is my vitamin c coming from I don't know so I woke up and had to walk to go get lemons because I was like I need I'm gonna get scurvy (laughs) And now I have like an irrational fear that I'm going to get serious. I drink a lot of lemon water now. Um, Some people do it for the fitness benefits. Um, I do it to avoid scurvy. Maybe you have scurvy. Maybe I have scurvy. Get a lemon. I have some lime juice in the fridge. Straight up. It's obviously a placebo effect, but I feel much better knowing that I'm not going to get scurvy. Anyways, um, so next episode, we will obviously be continuing this series and reading A Court of Wings and Ruin by Sarah J. Mass. I think that's all I have to say about the next book, other than I'm fucking excited about it. Yes. (laughs) Love it. I, I can't say anything or I will immediately start spoiling it. So mm-hmm. that's it. It's just good. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, uh, it's at book bevies for Instagram and Twitter. And our email for longer inquiries is bookbevies at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.